Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Rock and Roll Racing. Rock and Roll Racing was released by Interplay for the Super Nintendo in June of 1993 in North America. Not until January of 94 in Japan. Oh really? Came they, out here first, huh? An American company that seems to be the theme. If you want your game to come out in America first, it needs to be made by an American programming yeah. team. Well, these guys were later went on to do to be in Blizzard, right? Or are affiliated with them already? Well, we'll get there, because okay. this game came out in March of 94 in Europe, so not much further back than Japan. But yes, this game was developed by Silicon and Synapse, and they became Blizzard. So it was the same people, just a different name. Gotcha. Now, this was their first uh, non-port, their first wholly original game. Okay. And it was originally supposed to be a sequel to a game they had made, RPM Racing. I've heard of the name, but never encountered it. I guess the gameplay is extremely similar, except for some superficial changes. They also added the power-ups and weapons and the fighting aspect of it. Oh, well, well sounds, sounds good to me, man. And, of course, the licensed music. Yes. Let the carnage begin! So, Nick, what kind of game is Rock and Roll Racing? Rock and Roll Racing is an overhead isometric combat racing game. One or two players. That's true. Yes, you can play two players versus or uh, with, not really co-op, but at the same time, kind of. Yeah. Now, this is a game that is um, reminiscent of RC Pro-Am. Very, very much so. Style and in controls. I had, uh, I owned RC Pro-Am years before this. So when it it came out on Super Nintendo, I was like, oh, finally, like uh, RC Pro-Am was my favorite racing game up till this. So if you haven't played RC Pro-Am, what makes this game similar is that having the isometric view, you're looking at your vehicle down at it from an angle, Mm -hmm. but the main thing is that the steering is not always left is left, right is right. No, it's it's relative to your position. Yeah, it is relative to the vehicle, Uh, much like Iron Man, Ivan Stewart's off-road racing when when it came to home consoles. It, um... I, I mean, of course, I'm referring to RC Pro-Am, you know, because I had it first, but it took me like a week to figure, I was like, I, I can't wrap my head around these controls, it's too weird, but once I got it, it's very easy. Yeah, it does definitely take some getting used to, that is, that is for certain. Now, your car in this game, uh, it can jump at times. Yeah, if you, um, that that's one of the things that I think the isometric of you really uh, lends itself to, is showing the you know, the, the slopes and the, the valleys, peaks and valleys. The verticality the, of a course. Yeah, and so you can, especially if you use a turbo boost, you'll go flying off the top. And also in this racing game, you, are, you have offense. You can shoot, you know, lasers or missiles. And then you can also use uh, oil slicks or drop uh, mines or something, depending yeah. on what's going on. There's a pretty good arsenal. And uh, the short version is that you drive a vehicle that can be upgraded. Yes. And and you purchase these upgrades. Also similar to Ivan Iron Man. So at the beginning of the game, before you choose your vehicle, you must choose your racer. Yeah, there's a pretty large selection of them too. Uh, 
I'm not sure exactly how many there are, but I kind of organized them into three tiers. Okay. Well, first up, there is Snake Sanders. Yeah, he's kind of the main guy, I feel like, of this game. Yes. Um, And one of the best. I think he's a top-tier character. Well, his homeland is Terra, Mm -hmm. and his acceleration is plus one, and his top speed is plus one. Yeah, every every character gets uh, two plus ones to two of four different uh, categories, which are top speed, acceleration, cornering, and jumping. All right. So that's where I kind of draw the line where I'm like, if you have a bonus to jumping, you're bottom tier. And if you have a bonus to top speed, you're top tier. And if you don't have either of those, you're in the middle somewhere. All right. Well, next up is Cyberhawk. I've never used him. What's his deal? Is he a jumping guy, right? Uh, well, he's from Serpentis. Oh. And yes, he is uh, jumping and acceleration. Yeah. I mean, the jumping is okay. It's basically... You know, if you think of it, um, your cars have different ways they can be modified. Having cornering is like extra tires. Acceleration and top speed are kind of like your engine. And then jumping is like extra shocks, kind of. Hmm. At least that's how I interpret it. Maybe they get extra height on their jump jets, but those only work for the earliest two cars. Yeah, well, we'll get into a breakdown of the parts of the cars here in a moment. But next I want to talk about the third character, Ivan Zypher. Ivan Zypher. Uh, he's from Flegel. Yeah, he looks like a little dog man, right? Uh-huh. And um, he is also jumping and top speed. Hmm. So not on your list. Not personally. Uh, next up is uh, Katarina Lyons. She is from Penteros 5. She always reminded me of the cat lady on the Star Trek animated series. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. It's <laughs> a nerdy deep cut there. Y- and you're never going to play with her. No. Nope. she is cornering and jumping. Yeah, man. Keep away from that jump. Trust me. And next up is my racer. Jake Badlands. Okay, Jake Badlands. He's the punk rock guy. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always liked him. And he has acceleration and cornering. Yeah, which isn't bad. No, because I, as a not very good player at this game, need someone that can accelerate well and turn well. Yeah, they're both uh, viable options. Uh, next up we have Tarquin. Tarquin is my character of choice. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, Jake is from uh, Xeno Prime, in case you were wondering. Oh, yeah, but so address your letters there. Tarquin is from Aurora, mm-hmm. and they are a speed and cornering character. Yeah, that's that's what you're all about. That's what I'm all about, and I think he has a pretty hilarious uh, picture as well. Uh, now, which one is Tarquin? He's got the, he has like a poofy black hair and the, the purple bandana and elf ears. Yes, of course you can go with the guy wearing the bandana. Hey. <laughs> now, finally, we have the secret character of the game. And if you put in a code at the beginning, you can unlock Olaf, the lost Viking. Yeah, and he's really the best character. Well, he's like a super character, and that's why he is unlocked. Because he has three bonuses. Yes. He has acceleration, top speed, and cornering. Which is nice, but I think it's cool that he's not like overwhelmingly overpowered. No, he's not insane. So normally, after you pick your character, that's when you would then pick your vehicle. But we're going to take a little side trip and talk about what vehicle upgrades there are. Because I think that will make it a little easier to understand which vehicles are better than the other. Sure. So every car has, what is it, how many different slots? Yeah, you can, um, I'm trying to think. You have your weapon, mines, and... uh, Shocks. Yeah, your shocks, your Your tires, tires. your engine, your armor, and your uh, jump or... Nitro. Yeah. And these things are different depending on what vehicle you have. Yes. But the shared trait is that on every vehicle, you can upgrade that slot from zero to seven. Yes. Uh, towards the end there, like Battletrack, it starts with max tires. Oh. And the Havoc starts with max 
or no, like there's just no slot for it. And the Havoc has no tires or shocks. Like they're just maxed out automatically. Okay. So they're a little cheaper. So the offensive uh, capabilities of these different vehicles uh, are as follows. There are the plasma rifles. It's the weakest uh, forward weapon you can get. And that's what usually one shot will take off one shield from a bad guy? Yeah, I think it takes three shots to fully kill someone at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe more depending on their, you know, of course, depending on their armor and how that's been upgraded. So the other offensive forward shooting slots, mm -hmm. if you want to call them that, are which, Nick? The rogue missiles? Yeah, this, uh, you'll find these on Airblade and, and Battletrack. They're... I think two hits will blow someone up for the most part. Uh, they're they're pretty strong, and I like them kind of in a way uh, better than the the later weapon because they they will go across like almost the whole level. Yeah, I see them sometimes flying along, and I'm not sure who shot them. I yeah, some days you know if I'm way ahead, you know, I'll just peel out and shoot a bunch of missiles. Like hey, I've seen it kill people like way across the map. I didn't know, and it'll just be like attack bonus pops up. <laughs> nice. Now the final one is what the Sundog beams. Yeah, those little red orbs, uh, they're homing. I don't think they're quite as strong as the missile, though, to be honest. So, And they're not really the best homing. No, I no, not really. Uh, you want to, you know, ballpark, if you're close to them, they'll, they'll definitely hit them. But, you know, for a long range, the missile is actually kind of preferable. I agree. Now, as far as a rear view offense, let's call it that. <laughs> okay. You've got your... BF Slip Sauce. Yeah, it's oil slicks. Standard oil slick. And that doesn't hurt the enemy. It just makes them spin out. Yeah, and you'll kind of like, you know, it's not as bad as an actual oil slick on the ground. We'll go spinning full 360. It'll, it'll kind of turn you a little bit and then you can correct. It, it's pretty, pretty easy to deal with. Then the follow up to that would be the bear claw mines. Uh, yes, they're the, are those blue? Right, they're blue, right? Because you can see those. Those are already on the map sometimes. And those uh, do hurt you. Yeah, and uh, they're a good way to take care of enemies right on your back or strategically mine certain parts of tracks like a jerk. And then finally, there is the KO scatter pack. Yeah, these are awesome because they split into like four mines after yeah. they've been sitting there. And um, you can like if, if you have seven of these and you like lay them all right after, you know, everyone's screwed. Yeah, if you have the lead, you definitely want to have these in your arsenal. Now, every vehicle also has some sort of mobility uh, boost. And that early on is the Locust Jump Jets. Yeah, you can hop over stuff. I never used it. Um, possibly I... because the controls, uh, the button for this is not well mapped. Oh, yeah, it's at the top of the, top that's of the your triangle X button. Yeah. yeah. No, I always use my. Uh, you do the claw. Yeah, I use my. Claw grip. I have two fingers on there. I have the top. My, my right index finger is for that and the, the A button. And then I have X and B for my thumb. I'm not doing that. It's a little weird, but I, I learned those skills years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, I just instead barely ever used my uh, boost of any sort. But, you know, the follow up to that jump jet is the lightning nitros. Yeah, Flip Johnson's lightning nitro. Oh, well, <laughs> these are definitely better. Oh, yeah, these are, um, it's very important to have these because once the computer starts getting it, like they use a ton of them, you can hear them just blasting away. And while that's not always efficient, uh, it can be hard to catch up sometimes if you don't have at least as many. Correct. Now, those are the fun upgrades, as I would call them. <laughs> and one thing we forgot to mention is that when you upgrade either the mines or your shooting weapon, what you're upgrading is the amount of times you can fire it per lap. Yeah, you can have up to seven apiece, so that's all you get. 
Now, the less exciting upgrades, there is um, always the engine. Yeah, this is the most expensive and uh, arguably the most important one. Yeah. Now, the thing about the engine is it is way expensive. I mean, you're talking 40000 to 70000 to 110000 And it's, uh, you know, this is where your your top speed comes from and as well as... Your, your acceleration. Yeah. And it, to a degree, it's a penalty towards cornering. Like, you'll have to start learning to slide once you get your speed up, so... You know, besides your engine, you also can read the body of your car, how, how strong or resilient it is. Yeah, you get another little, you know, in the top right, you have these little blips of life or little, you know, dots, green and red ones, and you get extra ones the more you upgrade your armor. So the higher your armor, the more hits you can take. Pretty simple. Or mines you run over. Yeah. Way less sexy than either of those is the shock absorber upgrade. Yeah, I never bought a single one of these the whole game. Yeah, I bought one or two, and I don't really didn't notice a difference. I don't, uh, I don't really care for them. And by the time, you know, I was always trying to save up money for my next car. So by yeah. the time I got to the point where I was like, maybe I will just max them out. You, you have the final car, and it, it doesn't need them. So, <laughs> so tires though, that's the final part, and those do need an upgrade or two. They yeah, or early on, they're um, they're not too expensive. That's what I like. No, they're almost as cheap as your weapon upgrades, so they're pretty affordable. Yeah, and you definitely want to because the more you upgrade, the better your handling is, which is, you know, your ability to take turns, corners at a, you know, a, a steeper angle. Now that we know all the parts of the cars, let's talk about these vehicles themselves. Uh, after you've chosen your driver, you are given the option of buying a vehicle. In fact, you're given the option of buying three vehicles. Which is a little odd. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You can only afford two of them, and I haven't found any real functional difference between the two starting ones, to be honest. Well, uh, I always pick the Dirt Devil. It is a kind of a classic-looking hot rod, bigger back tires, engine coming out of the hood. Right. And uh, you know, it can use the plasma rifles, the Locust jump jets, the slip sauce. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's just a cool-looking car. I make sure mine's black. Yeah, you can choose from five colors. Yes. And, which is pretty cool because none of the enemies, they all have their own color palettes. So it's always, you always know who you are. Yes, which is very important. Now, Nick, I think you choose the other car. Yeah, I went for the Marauder, but to be honest with you, I have no reason and I don't realize any real difference between it. Well, it does use the exact same loadout, the plasma rifles, the locust jump, and the slip sauce. So, yep. But really, for me, I'm like, with these cars, I'm just like, I'm just buying time till I can afford the next one which is uh, available right away, it's the Airblade. Yeah. Now, I'll get into this more later, but one of my bigger problems with this game is that the constant need to get a new car, but to win races to get that car, you've been upgrading your old car. You spend a lot of time racing just to get money. Oh, well, that's one of your main objectives is, you know, getting, you can pick up money. But this Airblade, it costs $70,000. A little pricey. Yes, it is, but it is a, a big it is a big upgrade. Um, yeah, it looks kind of like a uh, radio controlled car. That's what it always makes me think of. Like, I could see that. I always think of a F Zero racer. Oh right, okay. It definitely has that angular triangle kind of look. Yes, and you know it can hold the missiles. It's the first vehicle that can use the missiles. Big upgrade. You get the nitros on that, so you're just going way faster. Another big upgrade. And you get the mines. And a third big upgrade. It's so you really want to switch to this vehicle as soon as possible. Yes. And for me, that meant replaying the first planet's races over and over <laughs> okay. and over again. Next up, we have what I think is the coolest looking of the vehicles. 
Agreed. The battle tracks. Yeah, it's got two huge. It's got like tank treads on either side of it, and it's got uh, a little pod in the middle where you you know drive from. Yeah, it's it's a super cool future race car that has tank treads and, instead of wheels. Yes, and uh, you know, again, uh, much like the Airblade, it's offering rogue missiles and nitros, but instead of the bear claw mines, you now get the scatter packs, which are uh, again really awesome. And it is a hundred and ten thousand dollars, so you do you do have to save up a bit. It is pricey, but um, it comes with, you, you don't need to upgrade his tires. Those are automatically, I guess, full. And it's um, oil slicks don't work on it. Huh. I mean, although I think that's the ones that people drop as opposed to the big puddles on the okay. on the ground. Now, switching to this vehicle was when I first uh, had a major relearning curve in steering. It is weird because you don't slide anymore. No. And you've really been used to the sliding. So yeah. it, it can take... A little getting used to when you're switching vehicles in this game, for sure. But uh, if you decide to upgrade from that battle track, you'll be buying the final vehicle, the Havoc. Yeah, it's a like a hovercraft. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's got the you know the homing sun dog beams. You still got your scatter packs and your nitros, but now um, it and it, you know like the battle track, you don't have to upgrade its tires or its shocks. Well, because it's hovering, it totally ignores terrain, so it skips over yeah. those uh, aforementioned puddles and Oil, anything like that. Mines. The only thing it can run into are those like snowdrifts and right. certain things. And uh, I think scatter packs will still hit it, but normal bear claw mines will not. All right, all right. So to buy any of those vehicles or any of those upgrades, you need money. Yeah, and you earn it by racing. Yeah, that is the core mechanic of this game, but um. You don't get a lot of money from racing. Well, if you get first place, um, I mean, you're also looking for points. So you can move on to the next division or planet. So you're rewarded depending on your placement. Uh, first is 400 points and $10,000. And second place, you get $7,000 or was it 2,000 points? Or, or 200, 200, sorry, yeah. 200 points. And third place, you get a measly $4,000. Yeah, and 100 uh, points. Okay. Now... You also can get bonus dollars. Yeah. That's a thousand for knocking out another player. Mm -hmm. And you can also pick up what they're calling gold. Oh, that makes it is yellow. Okay. Yeah, that's what I finally figured out. And each one of those is worth something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It's just a thousand. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. You can also get a thousand dollars as a lapping bonus. I thought it was five thousand. Oh, maybe it is. I it didn't happen often enough for me to <laughs> Right, yeah. Um I did manage to do it once or twice, and we'll get into that later in my little tips and tricks mm -hmm. portion in the gameplay segment. But uh, yeah, you need to save up this money between races to upgrade your vehicle or buy a new vehicle. So a lot of this game will be running through the same courses in different divisions, the B division and then the A division. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough points by the time you get to the end of a division, it'll just start you over again. Yeah, you'll have, and you, you lose no all points. your points. Yeah. But you keep everything your vehicle had. Right. It's um, kind of frustrating, um, but I didn't have too much problems with the points anyways. Uh, I didn't either. In fact, I had a problem where it was pushing me along when I didn't want it to as I was trying to save up more money for <laughs> right. upgrades in a new vehicle. Okay. So I think we should describe the races a little bit here. Okay. Because there are some mechanics that um, aren't very common. Well, they are common, but they're just done in a different way. So in each race, you can fight your opponent in yeah. different ways. You kind of have to because they'll fight you. So, you know, unlike a normal race where you're just going around being friendly, this one you've got guns. So you can shoot the other opponents. And if uh, 
each shot that hits takes off one of their health or one of their green orbs or whatever you want to call it. Sure. If you get them down to zero, they explode. Or if they get you to zero, you explode. Yeah. But you're you're not dead forever. No, you respawn pretty fast. Yeah. It's just a short time penalty is what it is. And when you do respawn, you have your full health now. Yes. But any weapons you used are, you know, those are always depleted. They refill at the end of a lap. Now, do the mines refill? I don't think they do. What mines? The ones that you drop? Yeah. Well, yeah. At every lap? Yeah. Okay. I swear. Every, I'll tell you. I always bought way less mines than I did lasers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not usually in first <laughs> trying to fend off the people behind me. I'm usually trying to scrap my way into first. Okay. Okay. Also on the track, you will find road hazards of all sorts. Yeah. There's a ton of different green sludge or oil. Oil. Um, mines. Those blue mines that we talked about. You can find there are med packs down there sometimes that'll fill up your life. Uh, so there are power-ups, I guess you'd call them, too. Yeah. There are the health, and the health will fill you up all the way. Yeah, and um, those and don't respawn. No, not at all through the entire race, nor does the gold. Right. I which was, are small yellow things. Early on, I'm going after the gold, man. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm in there for. So sometimes I'll give up my lead or something just to get that. You know, if it's the first lap, I'm like, get that money and then, then get back to first. Mm-hmm. You can see turbo warp arrows on the on the map as well. And those will give you a nice little boost. Yes, and uh, if <laughs> if you make it to Inferno, you'll see backwards ones. Those are jerks. Yeah, uh, yes, they are. It really sucks. It does. Now, one thing I don't think we mentioned, and this is one of the things that makes this game have a little steeper curve than I would like, is that when you buy a new vehicle, none of the power-ups you bought for your other vehicle carry over. Yes, It is just flat, and you have to start from scratch. And uh, one other thing I'd like to note is you are given a password. Yeah, you can go at any time. You can, you know, in between a race, you go to that little, there's a little options menu, and you can just see it's like, what, 16 characters? It is four sets of four, so yes. And I think it also gives it to you at the beginning of each race. It just, it's there at the bottom of the screen. Oh, maybe. I I didn't. Um, You know, maybe I'm just having a, a hallucination. Or a hallucination. Either one. Either way, there's no save feature in the pack, but you have to use that code. Now, oddly enough, you also get two separate codes if you're playing two-player. Oh, okay. Holy Toledo! Well, Nick, I'm sorry if we laugh every time we come back from a sound effect, but these are all so <laughs> hilarious that we, we really can't help it. We, we've had to edit out our, our full-on laughing like twice <laughs> yeah. now, so I'm just going to have to leave some of our chuckles in. And uh, Nick, this manual... I know this game, uh, I think, was released by Interplay. They also did uh, Clay Fighter. And they had oh, a yeah. fun manual, so I'm hoping this one is just chock full of humor <laughs> and great artwork. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it, you got 27 pages. It, That's nice. Of course, it's, uh, you know, we're in Super Nintendo now, so we're talking full color. You got color screenshots and uh, lots of artwork. You know, they have painting versions of all of the character portraits in-game. Which, oh, beautiful. Well, for the most part, they look good, except for Tarquin, who is my favorite guy. And he looks um, fat and stupid. So thanks, artist. Oh, man. Well, I guess there is no enemies list. No, I mean, much like, okay, you know, it'll... Uh, on the center of each page, in the middle of it, is, uh, you know, just that's where your controls, your information about the game is. But on the outsides of each page, they have a little, like information about one of the characters or oh you know and it's not just the characters it's all the npcs that you race against and oh uh, you mean the two npcs you race against the planets but 
Well, I mean, there's a different guy on every planet. Well, I know, but also on every planet, you are followed by two racers. Yeah, Rip and Shred. Rip and Shred, baby. I Which, wrote that down. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty cool um, because they are both sons of a rich tycoon who bribes their way into every race. So that's why they follow you from planet to planet. All right, then. Which, I mean, they're just generic guys to race against, but I thought it was funny that they at least made something up to, to just, you know. I like that backstory. And yeah. it makes it more fun to beat them. But yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a very effective manual. Tells you all the things that, you know, we kind of already went over. It's got a password section at the end. Oh, so you can write them down. And if you search for it online, I didn't check them out. I wish I had, but the, the scan I was looking at actually has two passwords in the password section. So bonus might be worth investigating. Roadkill is in another time zone. Well, Nick, speaking of another time, what was your personal history with this game? Uh, I have a pretty extensive personal history with this game. Um, I rented it frequently to the point where I eventually owned it. Like, it was a present. It wasn't, like, for a birthday or anything, but I just remember having it. So me and my brother, we all played it a lot. Okay. Now, I rented it once, but this was after uh, stepdad time. So, therefore, <laughs> Super Nintendo rentals, I did not have the full overnight enjoyment. Mm, okay. And, therefore, you know, I played it, you know, the day, next afternoon, I did not beat it, and then, you know, it just never worked its way back into my rotation. I, I couldn't remember if I'd ever beaten it, but going through, I'm pretty sure that I did beat it on Veteran, but not on the, the hard difficulty that takes you to Inferno, because I was not familiar with those tracks when I got there. I see. Whoa! So, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Well, um, I, I was able to beat it. Um, I played it uh, six different times, and now beat one planet every every day. One planet a day. All right. Uh, I played it about three or four times. There's actually four. I mean, it's not hard to remember between three and four, but I played it four times, and I tried to get through that single-player um, game, and I realized that playing it on easy, as you know, I want to do a lot of times, hmm? only let me go to level three. Yeah. And then it was over. I... <laughs> and I didn't really feel like starting all over again. But I did actually play a lot more of this game uh the final two playthroughs with my son we played a lot of the two-player um it's a lot of fun man yeah i mean i would say uh, at least a solid two or three hours were put in just in the two-player version of this game yeah it's it's um i played a lot of it back in the day but this time around not so much the stage is set the green flag drops which means it's time for general chat let's chat now this game is a lot of fun but i think in single player it gets too tough too fast. I, um, okay, um, I played through it on the medium uh, difficulty, the veteran mm -hmm. one. So when I when I beat it, it was like, no, you don't get the last planet. So I went back and I found a password online to just be able to play through Inferno. Okay. Because I, I, at that point, I remembered, I was like, I'm not going back to this whole other game harder just to play the last planet. I was like, that sucks. So so how was the last planet on hard? Uh, pretty, really hard. Um, I believe <laughs> Uh, I mean, I played that last planet in, in two-player, and we lost to the computer many times just because there's so many twists and turns and whatnot. But we'll, we'll get there. Now, um, you know, we really buried the lead until about, what, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes into this podcast? <laughs> what this game is best known for is its title, the rock and roll in rock and roll racing. Yeah. And it just hits the nail right on the head. The yeah. music in this game is phenomenal. Yeah, you've got five different, uh, I mean... They were classic rock songs when I was a kid, so they're probably oldies now, but uh, they're, you know, they're very well adapted to the Super Nintendo. Well, let's talk about them. Oh, let's do it. We've got, right off the bat, Bad to the Bone. 
Yeah, uh, that's a George Thorogood song I'd liked since I was a very young kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then once Terminator 2 came out, it just sealed the deal for me. That's right. Yeah, Uh, That's when I had to own that album. Now, I think both of us grew up with uh, fathers that listened to a lot of classic rock. Oh, yeah. So we knew all these songs going into the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Songs like, what was the next one up? Uh, Well, there's Born to be Wild. And I will say that rendition of Born to be Wild is so faithful that I can sing along and really just match the, the tune, you know, note for note. Well, and one thing, you know, that's another one of these songs I would see on like, you know, when they used to have albums, it'd be like 20 driving songs or, right. you know what I mean? Like that, that's Born to be Wild's a, a, a car song to me. I'm pretty sure at some point I bought my dad a mixed CD, Biker Hits, yeah. and that was on. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And next we've got Highway Star by Deep Purple. Yeah, and that's a kind of a an odd inclusion because just saying that name, you may not know the song. I actually, when when I played this game, I wasn't that familiar with this song. It okay. was definitely the one I was least familiar with, but it wouldn't be until years later when I really started getting into Deep Purple and stuff. Like, I think it was on the Days and Confused soundtrack, and I was like, this song is awesome. Yeah, and this is a, another great version of it. They really capture some of the weird nuances of this song. And this is a song that I think if you heard, you would recognize. And it's another one of those, like, car songs. Like, it's about a car, so <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then uh, what's next? Uh, we have the we have Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Yes. Which um, is a, you know, a, a great classic song. I'm, you know, very familiar with that from many directions. And rounding out the list, Nick? It's the Peter Gunn theme by Henry Mancini. Yes, Henry Mancini, not known for his hard-rocking ways. <laughs> not so much. But you know what? As a kid, I adored this song. Yeah, well, this was in Spy Hunter, right? Well, yeah, I'd already heard this from that, you know, or at least um, definitely Spy Hunters. So I had some kind of car attachment in my mind already oh yeah and it's just a cool song yeah yeah it's good stuff man and it sounds great on the super nintendo yeah i mean that was the thing the super nintendo used a processor that allowed samples to be used in the music which Mm -hmm. gave a much wider variety of sounds that could be used oh yeah so therefore the songs have a lot more depth than i think you would find in say like the genesis version of this game yeah yeah now honestly i just thought about this now I kind of want to go check the Genesis version out because I really like Genesis sounds. Yeah, yeah. So what would these songs I, sound like, Genifized? I didn't realize that it was on the Genesis, so I I'm definitely would check that out. Like, I only ever saw it on Super Nintendo, so I, I never looked any further. So I'm 99% certain it was on there. But, you know, the music definitely sets the tone for the game. In fact, the music starts before you even see each racetrack. Yeah. You know, the music starts, it fades in, and then it's time to go. Yeah, and and another big draw, for me at least, um, aside from the music, is Larry Supermouth Huffman, who's the announcer you might have heard a little bit uh, so far. Yeah, and he's he's great. I mean, I love pretty much everything he says. It's so hilarious. I didn't realize how many sayings had just become part of my lexicon since then, since it's been 20 years since I played this game. Uh, the number of times I've heard Nick say, let the carnage begin. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember where it came from. It's so funny, but I mean, it's not just that. Like, it's cool the way, you know, you have him say every one of your character's names, and then they all have these different, like... Modifiers. Yeah, if you... If you fall, you know, you fade into last or you, you take the lead or, you know, well, he you, narrates what's actually going on. Yeah, you definitely can tell what's happening with the racers you can't see. 
just from what he's saying. Yeah, and it's a uh, guy's got a. Um, I guess he's a real um, a Supercross announcer. Uh, I had never heard of him outside this game before, but uh, that guy has a has a great voice. So they they use it really well here. Now there are a few things I think we should point out. Maybe some tips we've learned uh, for those new racers. Sure. And first and foremost, I would say. Don't accelerate at the beginning of the race. No, that's the delayed start is a big, uh, you let them get in front of you and waste all their ammo right away. Like, well, and they just, everyone runs into each other. If you, if you start off hard and fast, you're just going to be in a big ball of cars that's all getting shot. It's all dropping mines. And yep. It's all bumping into each other. Now, did we mention that you can damage the other players by ramming them? Oh, we didn't mention, but you can. Yeah. Although I don't really understand the mechanic of what angle is it that you hit them, which doesn't hurt you, but does hurt them? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've never done it dependably, but if somebody's almost dead and I've got a nitro, I'll, I'll gun it. I'll oh, you it. will. <laughs> I, I try to avoid all physical contact with our cars because I just, I don't know how it will react. I, I barely do it. It's, you know, not frequently. Now, um, like you said, you try to go ahead and get all of the money you can in that first lap. I Yeah, especially, I mean... The whole first planet's really about getting money, I think. But Well, for me, one of my strategies is also to go out of my way to get all of the health that first lap. Oh, so they can't get it? Because it is gone. Once you've picked it up, it's gone. So if you can get all of it, then you can guarantee that no one else is healing. That's true, although you're not healing either. No, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, it's almost usually all gone anyways. There's only one or two stragglers around. Right, and like... If you pick them up all the time on accident. You can pick up two or three in one lap and it does nothing for you. So at least it deprives them. Yeah. I would rather us all be in the same position of danger than there be one errant health pack out there that could revive my worst foe. Fair enough. And I mean, if you have the most armor, that's in your advantage as well. And um, my final tip would be to try to screw up your opponents as much as possible at any track crossover. Oh, yeah, that's how you get your lapping bonus. Or... That is the only way I got my lapping <laughs> bonus. Because if you can make them spin at all or even hit a wall at any area of the crossover, their AI gets very confused and will just start taking the wrong turn of the track. Or if it's a jump and you can, like, put a mine right in front of it and they'll hit it. And, you know, I've done this in Mario Kart 2 with the end appeals, but it's like nothing picks you up and puts you back. You're down below. Like, you have to start over where you picked well, up. It's like my favorite trick in Mario Kart 64 when you lightning people going off the jump yeah. in the Wario level. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And you, you're way behind then. I did, uh, I mean, I didn't do it as much when I was playing this time. But one thing I do remember back in my prime, especially playing two players, was, you know, each of the tracks kind of has a grid pattern on it. Mm -hmm. So you can size yourself up. And if you get far enough, you do have a little map that shows you and has dots for everyone. Where I could see where I'm like, okay. The next person's like one turn behind me. And if it's player two, I can see what line of the track they're on. Oh. So I would just skid around and shoot like five missiles back at my poor little brother. And then he would just get blown up. And then you know, I'm even farther ahead. Ha ha, what a jerk. Man, I, I wish you would have told me about that beforehand. I, I could have tried it out on my son. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's the only time I use. You can L and R to do like tight turns, but it's really tight like an uncontrollable lease so i, I only so, use it for that that was one other thing i wanted to mention is uh yes you can use your l and r buttons to do almost a 90 degree turn and it's not very useful i don't think until the ice level oh okay i i didn't uh i mostly like i said I, sometimes i would do that not so much now but when i'm going across the finish line that's when it's always time to peel out and with you style want, you want to look good you know it 
Let the carnage begin! Well, I think it's time we take this game, not level by level. <laughs> Sadly, not track by track, because there's a million of them. Now we'd be here all week. Let's do this planet by planet. Sounds like a plan. And let's start with planet number one, Kim 6. Yeah, uh, Kim 6, is. Uh, it has eight races, and it'll take you 1,400 points to uh, win, and it has four different tracks. Most importantly, though, this is Mad Max Planet. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, that's the aesthetic they're going for with this track, I feel. Yeah, and it has a weird, like, you know, you have your, you know, all, like we just mentioned, all the tracks have a grid, grid kind of on them. So you, you have, like, a black track with a red grid and some spikes on the edges. and Everything's on these, like, metal pillars. Yeah, like lifts, and the the background looks like some weird kind of like brown. I don't know if it's supposed to be desert or sludge. It looked like there were some reflections off these like turrets sticking out. Whatever. Well, yeah, and there's like some plumes of fire going off. Yeah, and uh, you do your, you know, you fight Rip and Shred, and your planetary nemesis here is Viper McKay. Yeah. Who looks like a Captain America, maybe Captain Falcon ripoff wannabe. Right. He sucks, whatever. But what is his vehicle? I think he just starts off, everybody starts off with a Marauder or a, yeah. or a Dirt Devil on the first planet. This planet is pretty easy, though. I mean, this is why I spent so much time here, is that you can win almost every single race. And it's just all about you know using this planet to gather your resources, get that money for your upgrades and yeah, for your and new ship. You know, like we said, you need 1,400 points here. And if you're in first place, you get 400. So in theory... You could leave this, uh, at least each division, you know, you can beat them in four first place finishes, but I would recommend going through them all and getting your money. Definitely, because you're going to need a better vehicle or at least a lot of upgrades when you get to the second planet. Well, I like in this one, um, I always, my goal was I bought two extra little plasma rifles just to help me kill people, but I was able to get the air blade pretty early in the division B. And by the time I went to the second planet, I had two missiles, a mine and two extra two missiles an extra mine and an extra nitro nice well that second planet is draconis <laughs> yeah draconis it's a uh, purple like very alien it is hr geiger the level absolutely uh it's going to cost you it's going to take two thousand points to get through this one and you have 10 races so that means there are five unique tracks all right and then around all these tracks you're going to see like a bunch of skulls on pikes some weird like rib cage cannons there's uh this is the first appearance of the mysterious green sludge oh yes and the tracks themselves though they're not not much harder than the ones you're going to find on kim no, kim six nah they you know you might see your first jump here and some stuff but uh you know and you'll be racing against grinder x19 Ooh. who just looks like a xenomorph yeah again from aliens but uh so, so yeah if you don't know who hr geiger is shame on you no uh <laughs> he is an artist from somewhere in europe and he is responsible for all of the artwork that became Alien and Aliens. Lots of weird, creepy stuff, but really cool. Yeah, very weird, very cool. Definitely check it out, but not while you're at work. <laughs> because, you know, the shape of the alien's head and their tongues are that way for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so for Draconis, um, I mostly, you know, by this point, I started, I already had an Airblade. So I just tried to level my engine up once, and then... Then I was kind of torn because I was like, should I upgrade further? Yeah, you play a lot leaner than I do. I lean into a lot more uh, upgrades for well, all my, my cars I, before I switch over. I kind of felt like I should, but then I was like, I, I seem to be doing okay. So I'll just stick with it until I need to. I'm going to say it's all those uh, hours of play as a youth. Yeah. 
maybe maybe so but so that's how i'm gonna make myself feel better about (laughs) it all but yeah for most of this was like trying to save up for the for the next planet you mean bogmire yes bogmire the (laughs) the least boggish planet there is no that's it looks like tropical cliffs and it's a tropical island and then water not a bog no no uh there's there's palm trees yeah yeah there's water the thing is is in this level there are a lot more bumps and a lot more jumps yeah, this is where you'll run into the, the the beginning of the worst problems in this game that I have, which is hitting my turbo on it on an incline and then flying off off the track, and yeah. then you know just like in any racing game, it takes longer for you to get back on the track. This was it, the first well, level that I really started flying off the track. I actually didn't even realize it was a thing that could happen <laughs> until this level. Yeah, it's uh, and this is uh, you know again they're up in the ante, twenty nine hundred points to advance. You got twelve races and six tracks. And then who was the special racer of the bog mire it's uh it's rage wart he is he looks like a lizard man with a purple mohawk i believe he's like the prince of this planet oh so for what that's worth um and it's really not not worth a lot i don't think and then here when i got here i had almost three hundred thousand dollars maybe 250 so i was able to buy the battle track the i was able to buy it start off with an engine an armor and a missile right away so because that guy has a battle track you know when you get to the planet so yeah and if you tough yeah if you don't have one to go up against him i'm sure that's impossible because i'm not gonna lie i don't know um i mean i know this this place i did not have the battle track and it sucked oh yeah so i had to like slowly save up for it while not coming in first which is just a real pain in the butt Right. Well, I mean, I kind of knew what I was getting into. I was like, in a lot of games like this, where it's like, you can upgrade your car by the new one, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a car, but a lot of games that do that, I've found that in general, buying the new one until you get to the top is the best option. At least I think so. But, but yeah, here, um, you will see, you're starting to see water on the tracks. Uh, and some of the tracks will have little split paths, which I like because the computer seems to favor one every time. So you can always choose the other one. Oh, nice. Yeah. And here is where you'll really start to see a lot more overlaps with the, like here, one of the tracks looks like a triple figure eight kind oh, of. Oh yeah. And that's where you have a big potential to get lapping bonuses or screw yourself if you're not careful. Yeah. It's, it's almost an equal possibility for me at this point. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, I kept plugging away and eventually I was able to max out my missiles at a total of three mines and nitros and the second best engine. And then I stopped and just started saving for the next, uh, which was in the second half of the, the Division A. Gotcha. Now, this was the end of my single-player playthrough. Oh, okay. Uh, when you play on easy, it only lets you go up to the third planet. So, that was that. There you go. Um, now, when you play multiplayer, and we forgot to mention this, mm-hmm. as we do with a lot of things. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, sorry. Um, when you're playing multiplayer, you start with a vehicle of your choice, but everything on it is maxed out. Right, so everyone's equal. Pretty much. And when I see your choice, I think you have like three options. It's not all of the vehicles. So whatever was available on the planet. Or I think maybe the beginning of the game. Oh, okay. Well, next up, Nick, your fourth planet. And I did play this planet on multiplayer. You can choose any of the first five tracks in multiplayer. You have to put a code in if you want to play the sixth. But okay. the fourth planet is New Mojave. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Named after the desert, apparently. Yeah, it's a, it's a, this is a prison planet, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you have, like, the supports for the track look like camouflage kind of prison bunkers. You're out in the desert. There's rib cages. Yeah, your standard desert skeletons. You know, the half in the sand, I can see the rib cage. <laughs> it's pretty standard. And, uh, yeah, so here, 
It starts, uh, you know, again. There... Oh, wait. I think there's a Sarlacc pit out there, too. Oh, really? Something that looks like it. Now, the problem is, is the periphery of this game goes by real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's whipping by. If you're paying attention to your car, it's kind of hard to see the scenery. So it could have been something else, but it, it had a very Sarlacc pit feel to it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um I'm but, sorry, please continue. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, increasing the difficulty here a bit to where you now need 3,200 points and you've got 14 races and seven unique tracks. And what I noticed is that the tracks have some really tight turns here. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's mostly the the borders are all that like black and yellow, like construction looking stuff. And you're up against chevrons. The, this is like, for me, the difficulty that this is where it really spiked up because the, the yeah. dude roadkill Kelly, who's the cybernetic criminal racer, mm-hmm. he's a very, they're very aggressive here. So you're, it's like a, a big fight. Okay. And again, lots of uh, hills and stuff that it's, that I fell off more than I care to admit. That's my worst enemy in this game. Uh, and and then, through both divisions, I pretty much just saved up for the next car. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, easier to do because the car you had has some maxed out things on it already. Yeah, you don't have to mess, and, you know, you don't have to mess with the tires. And here it was like, you know, you need 3,200 points, but you can get 400 for coming in first. So you can get away with only racing eight out of 14 of these tracks. Wow. If I mean, that's assuming you get first every time. So it's usually more like eight to 10 if you know as long as you're not totally screwing up like you don't have to play them all and by this point i'm not so desperate for money that i will gotcha and then you're done with this you move on to the fifth planet no <laughs> I nho was, yeah i just thought it was nho i is that some kind of like chemical nitro well, now you're making me look stupid Ni- and you know what i mean like nitro hydroxide or something is that sure place? that sounds like it would be real i made it up and this is the dreaded ice level yeah this level will really suck if you didn't save up for the havoc right away yeah and if you're not playing with the havoc and multiplayer this level does really suck because yeah, you'll be sliding everywhere the, the everywhere havoc... <laughs> yeah you, if you have a hovercraft you're fine you're it's just like a normal track but... and that's why i said this is where i use the l and r buttons because sometimes uh... you have to to easily turn back around to oh wait. wow yeah I, I man yeah that's crazy mm, it is crazy but... and uh the other big thing about this is not only are they jerks for making it ice, this level has a ton of elevation changes. Yeah, and jumps. Like, like they, huge mm, jumps. Or like jump right after another jump. And it's like, you, there are many ways to screw that up. There are many ways to screw up on this level all around. It's uh, But, you know, it's the same. At this point, um, you know, it's again, like New Mojave, 3,200 points, 14 races, 7 tracks, same thing. And this is the last of the levels on uh, normal mode. Here we get to see, or we get to meet Butcher Icebone, who's a guy with a visor and a parka and a big weird grin. Yes. So kind of reminds me of Captain Cold. Yeah, I can see that. Totally, totally. Now, if you are playing on hard mode or whatever they call it, warrior, warrior, yeah. warrior mode, then you can advance to the final level, Inferno. And Inferno is not the lava planet i was expecting no it's actually like hell yeah that's exactly it's like a hellscape (laughs) i um i don't know if i ever like i said i don't know if i ever got there as a youth but playing it this time i was like this level looks awesome it does look awesome but it plays awful oh it's, it's hard as hell but i mean it's like i like the way the supports you know, for the track are all like underlit. There's like mm-hmm. firelight coming up from them. There's, you know, the black spiky stuff. There's turrets in the lava. Like, <laughs> yeah, this place is badass. They're ready for everything. Well, this is the level that 
took you from rock and roll to metal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's like the past two tracks, 3,200 points will get you there. 14 races. And your enemy is uh, JB Slash, who is a bread hammerhead looking demon. Yeah, the biggest problem with this level is the extreme twists and turns. You are double backing on yourself at times. And yeah. it's insane. And maybe you'll go around a turn and there's a backwards turbo arrow. And that was the second thing I was going <laughs> to say is those turbo backwards turbo arrows. So, I mean, there's a lot of things I hate and they're stacked on each other turn after turn after turn. And it makes this level very hard. Oh, and you'll see. Um, a lot of lava pools on the track, which, you know, they look like the green sludge or the oil, but they would just hurt you if you go over them, even with the havoc. They are like a mine. Yeah, but so, they don't go away when you hit no, them. No, so treat <laughs> them with caution. Yes. Now, you beat this Inferno level, right? I did. It, it was really hard, but... What it, happens afterwards? Well, um, it, it's the same ending I got from the other one. Oh, you don't get a special ending. I... No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to think now because I honestly didn't stop and watch it. I was so pissed that I wasn't going to another planet that I was like, all right, I'm just going to put the code in and do it. So maybe I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. But, um, you know, it, you go to advance a level like you normally would. And the guy, what Captain Braddock tells you to strap in and shut up and you go off and fly back to, I guess, Terra. Yeah, the home world. You land in like a city, uh, which I believe is Los Angeles, because there's an LAX sign at one point that's blinking. It's real small in the background, and I was like kind of squinting, but it went away, and I was like, I think it's LAX, but I'll I'll accept it. Like I remembered this, so I that's why this was very familiar to me. So, and I know I didn't beat Inferno as a kid, so that's why I think you can get the ending after uh, NHO. But either way, you have a little like presentation. There's an alien gives you a trophy, welcomes you to the Rock and Roll Racing Hall of Heroes. Yes. And then it shows, like, highlights of you racing from each planet. Yeah, yeah, it's really sweet. But those are not real highlights, I don't no. think. Because I'm like, I, I knew, I was like, I bought, I did not use this car there. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just, you know, a little fake montage. But they do a good job of, you know, picking sweet little scenes where it's like, oh, the guy's going to get blown up and he barely made it by. Oh, way, way to go. And, you know, it's playing the Peter Gunn theme. And then you just kind of fly out to space and the credits roll. The end. The end. Holy Toledo! Well, Nick, we can only be in one place, and that is the review portion of our podcast. Now, as many know, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System, and that goes across four categories, with each category having a score possible from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. Ouch! I give this game a four. Well, Nick, I gave it a 3.5. Okay. Now, I almost gave it a four. I said this game has great sprites. I mean, the fact that every angle of that car is a different sprite. Yeah, that's true. And the way they just very seamlessly transition from one to another is amazing. Um, the music is spot on. My problem is there's only five songs. Yeah. And as good as they are, that gets a little repetitive. But more than that, is that the tracks themselves are so repetitive in looks. Yeah, I mean, well, they only really vary six times between the planets. Yes, and that is the problem. Um, every track on a planet is just indistinguishable from the other, unless it has some sort of horrible jump or cross that drives you nuts. Right, right. Um, the big reason I went for four, you know, I agree, graphics are, are good, but not great. And, you know, the music, if I had more songs, I would get, you know, the sound's awesome, but only five songs. But it really gets the extra bit for me for the, the announcer, man. I love him so much. 
and he has a, a good amount of variety, and it's actually informative about what's going on. So, ouch. Well, next up is play control, and uh, I only gave this game a two point five. Okay, uh, I give it a three. Uh, I said that it's good sometimes, but it's just so different between all the different cars and you know at your different levels of traction that it's hard to get a handle on the new steering if it's just been an upgrade or if it's been a new car. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, it does take a little, you know, anytime you have the ability to upgrade and change your uh, interface, so to speak, it, you know, it does mess with it. But I I felt like I was able to, I was generally able to do what I wanted, and I knew when I screwed up that it was my fault. So what was your score for this section? A three. So not much higher. Yeah, and I mean, again, being able to change button mapping would have been awesome, but I, years ago, had already created my own way of holding this and controller. That, that's what kept this from being a three for me, was the fact that that damn turbo jump button is stuck on X. If you could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can map your buttons different, people, do it. Ouch! Well, Nick, what did you rate the challenge factor of this game? I think it's going to be a little lower than what I did. Um, I gave this game a three. Well, I gave it a four. Okay. I, I can see it, but my big defense here is that you have a password and that it never makes you, sends you back a planet. You know, you don't have to re, you know, it can That's be very true. frustrating when you have to do the division over, but more money, I, you know, so there's that. The reason I gave it a four is that I felt like um, the AI got really brutal for your challenge yes. eraser. Well, and, you know, I don't know, maybe it would, I would say something different if I played through the whole game on Warrior Mode instead of just the last planet. And that and combined with the fact that since I don't have your years of playing under my <laughs> belt, uh, I had to do a lot of grinding for money. And by grinding, I mean playing races that were fairly easy, but just I had to do it over and over again. Yeah, or keep trying to kill them all, man. And if I didn't, the next level would just be way too hard. Yeah, yeah. So... I think it's hard, you know, but not impossible. No, and I mean, we just brutalized through this game in a few days. Like, if you were just playing it kind of casually, you could easily, you know, move along. I don't think it would be that frustrating. No, I think this is definitely one of those games that you have to pick up the driving skills and hold on to them for a while. Sure. Ouch! All right, now we are in our last category, and that is theme and fun. What did you give this game? I gave it a four. I, too, gave it a four. It's, uh, it's, I mean... It's one of my favorite kind of styles of racing game that I haven't seen a whole lot of, you know? And I agree with you entirely. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the pulled-out perspective of the same in the Ivan Iron Man Stewart's off-road racing. Mm -hmm. I thought my skills would parlay over a little better into this one. They did not, sadly. Well, that's a little more zoomed out, you know, or like Super Sprint. You know, they're they're similar, but this is, you know, it's a little closer to the action. I mean, I, I'm being able to shoot missiles at other cars is like what I felt like every racing game has been missing. for, for <laughs> Since the beginning, I agree. Until Mario um, Kart kind of made it standard. <laughs> yeah, this thing has music and mayhem in spades. The way you want to have in the term rock and roll when you're 12 and when you're... <laughs> 30 yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter it's it's just a it's just a lot of fun there's a lot of personality in all the characters the cars the announcer yeah larry Supermouth is awesome uh, i can't say it enough and you know theme wise the planets all have a, a theme and they they try to get that racer from that planet to match that theme and they do a pretty good job yeah it's yeah, not a not a huge lot of variety in the backgrounds i mean a little bit but i mean that's not really what you're there for for the most part so yeah i love it Ouch. well nick our final question should you 
play this game. Yes, yes, you should. It's a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, you don't have to try to take it down in one go. You know, take it easy. Enjoy it for a couple days, for a week, two. It, it won't be that bad. Well, I said yes as well, but I said probably two-player versus. <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely a lot of fun. Like, if you're not into the whole one-player campaign, like, it, that's a fun one you can just pick up. And it, I think more fun than a lot of versus, you know, one-on-one first-person racing games. Yeah, this is, uh, I'd say, the top five of two-player versus racing games. And I would say pick it up and play that first. See how you like the racing? If it grabs a hold of you, if you got to hear that 16-bit, get your motor running. <laughs> yeah. You know, head out on the highway. If you're looking for adventure, then this is the game for you. Yes. Tarquin should avoid mines. Next week's game will be The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So grab your gold copy, find some controllers, and play this game any way you can. And remember, folks, if there's anything we got wrong or missed or any thoughts you have, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. Please subscribe to our show on whatever it is you listen to podcasts on. But more importantly, tell your gaming friends about us. Grow the Cartridge Command army. Just get one other person to listen to and our listenership will double. It would be pretty darn cool. You can always like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Cart Command. Yeah. And of course, we have to thank our patrons on Patreon because it is you guys. It's your support that makes this show happen. And we we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Yep. We love you guys. We love you so much. Thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! if we're going to have anything for the outro. <laughs> you can always put some more super mouth. I, I might. <laughs> Wipe out! I should avoid peeing my pants. <laughs>